Hello, Insiders, and a very pleasant good afternoon to you, wherever you may be. This is your host, Bruce Ash, and my singing co-host... Eb Wilkinson. Coming to you live from the very modern and luxurious KVOI broadcast complex in Tucson, which is all dressed up in festive holiday decorations, welcoming you to an American Principles Project edition of Inside Track. Producer Tom also joins us across the glass, running the board and taking your calls. If you do have a comment for our guest during today's show, you can reach us at the Tucson Iron and Metal Retail live line at 520-790-2040. Eb. Hey, Bruce and I want to remind you to please support our great sponsors. We've got Tucson Iron and Metal Retail. Call Jamie or Craig at 209-1576. Jamie told Bruce the other day they've got a great new supply of corrugated steel sheets, which are perfect for shed roofs and fences, in addition to many other products for your home, ranch, or business. And really good prices on the corrugated steel, too. Corazon Cabinets, Joy and Alley at Corazon Cabinets are ready to design and build your kitchen or bath of your dreams at a price you will love. Call them Monday at 488-2266 to set up an appointment to visit their incredible design center at 4700 South Park Avenue. And Bruce, do they do that for businesses as well? Yeah, oh sure. They do a lot of office work. All right. I I'm going Joy, I'm giving you a call on Monday. Oh good. Yeah, you'll be you'll be very satisfied. <laughs> yeah, we need to get that done. And of course, Eric Rudin and his pros from Essential Pest Control. Call his great team at 886-3029 to help you get rid of your termites and pests of all sorts, vermin and weeds. They are super to work with in your home or office. Also supporting Inside Track is my co-host and broadcast partner, Eb Wilkinson from Wilkinson Wealth Management. Uh, call Eb at 777-1911. Let him help you retire comfortably and remain comfortably retired. My family has trusted Eb for many years to help build wealth. You should too. Eb and I support all of our local family-run businesses, and so should you. Before we get to our special guests, I'd like to share a few thoughts with you. First, on the resignation of uh, Arizona's um, U.S. Senator, uh, that would be. Hang on here one second. I just lost my <laughs> just lost my 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 stuff. Are you talking about Kirsten Cinema? I'm talking about Kirsten Cinema. Yeah, from, from the. F- Party formerly known as the Democratic Party, yeah, which yeah. is pretty much a socialist party now, Bruce. Well, she's he she is now uh, an independent, and much is being made of her independent brand. Her defection could some uh, how influence uh, uh, the Senate, but she will not be a member of her former party's caucus, uh, and her move is not in support of Republicans. Her goal is to achieve re-election in twenty twenty four, and she knows. Her party does not support her, though she's voted for most of the damaging damaging legislation they've put up in Congress. Yeah, about 93% of the time. Yep. She will still vote for the same stuff as she has over the four years. And Chuck Schumer, irrespective she's not a Democrat, has promised that she can keep her committee assignments. This is, I think, sort of a pact that they've made. Republican men and women... Don't think we have a new friend in the U.S. Senate. We don't. Cinema is a leftist with a sweet smile. She is a skilled politician, and she, like like Lisa Murkowski, had to do in Alaska, is trying to hang on to her power using whatever means possible. Breaking news: Incoming House Democrats want to abolish prisons for the world that we all deserve. So says incoming Florida. Democrat Maxwell Frost, who envisions a prison and police-free society. Oh, dear God. This is one of the many freedom-killing demands, actually just killing demands, being made by the Bernie Sanders AOC wing of the Democrat Party, who they helped elect in the 22 elections to destroy the public in order to match their twisted utopia, which they support. Listen to this next Uh, uh, this next audio, uh, it should give you a chill down your spine. Tell you a secret. Most people don't really know what capitalism is. Most people don't even know what socialism is. But most people are not capitalists because 
they don't have capitalist money. They're not billionaires. Sometimes the label doesn't matter as much as just talking about policies. That's easier to understand. Do you think people should die because they can't afford insulin? Do you think that fossil fuel CEO should decide whether the planet gets set on fire? Me neither. Unionize your workplace. Start a worker cooperative. If it's too extreme for working people to own the means of production, why is it okay for private billionaires to own the means of production? Dirty communist. Huh. Bruce, most people are capitalists. If yeah, you, they're if sure, because that's you have a human a job, spirit. If you have a 401k, if you have an IRA, if you're saving money, you're a capitalist. If you're a scum-sucking maggot that's sitting at home collecting checks from the government for not working, yeah, you're pretty much a socialist. <laughs> uh, I think it's, it's, it's mankind's desire to work and to earn a living and to be self-sufficient. And uh, this, this is entirely uh, the other side of the world that these, that these people live, on, uh, live in. On to a news piece the media does not want to widely report. Earlier this week, the man who described himself as the most pro-union president in history proved that point by announcing his plan to send $36 billion to the Teamsters Union to replenish their underfunded pension fund one week after angering rail worker unions stopping a national rail strike. The Teamsters are the same union who arranges paid days off to send their members into the streets to help drum up votes for Democrats. And it's the same corrupt union that Jimmy Hoffa worked with the mafia and lost millions and millions doing so. Giancarlo Sopo said Biden's decision is a makeup call to his union allies that he disappointed in the prior week. He said, Joe Biden is using taxpayer coffers as his political piggy bank to ameliorate his tensions with the Teamsters after failing to fight for the paid sick leave that workers wanted and quite frankly deserved, said uh, Sopo. Uh, the White House said the timing of the announcement was related to a December 10th deadline for awarding pension relief. This was all part of the these these trillion dollar schemes that they uh, that they voted on and passed uh, during uh, the Biden administration. This scheme is part of his and the Democrats party's plan to help keep their party in in great shape for the 2024 elections and is unprecedented in American history. Although it helps protect union members from what could be 60 percent cuts in their benefits, this is payback for the lifetime work that unions have performed for the most pro-union president in history all through his political career and in the 2020 and 2024 elections. It is also a down payment toward their labor for the Democrats they serve in the upcoming presidential election. And it's important to point out that some of these teamsters are public sector employees who also work for Democrats at election time. The president is paying off union bosses for their decades-long corruption with this gift from the American taxpayer and leaves Republican candidates $36 billion in the hole for the upcoming 2024 election and is one of the many unfair attempts by Democrats uh, to uh, uh, win in future elections. His prior notable bribe to earn votes was his $400 billion dollar bailout scheme for college uh, debt, which has been halted uh, by federal judges as illegal, as well as draining our strategic national petroleum reserve to lower gasoline prices before the 22 election, after he effectively managed to reduce oil production the day he entered into the White House. All this cash to his union bosses to help pass H.R. 1, pack the court, give statehood to Puerto Rico and the District of Columbia, end the filibuster, and destroy the Republican Party, but most importantly, defile our constitutional republic. Also noteworthy as we look forward to the 2024 election was Joe Biden's effort to rig his re-election by switching the order of the 2024 primary calendar away from New Hampshire and Iowa where he was unpopular in 2020. 
it appears he really has decided he's running in 2024 and has asked for and received relief from his Democrat cronies, who, by the way, are under significant influence by those same union bosses. One more point. This has been a busy week for the president. America secured the release of WNBA basketball player Brittany Griner from a Russian jail where she was imprisoned for possession of illegal drugs. Many have questioned why Griner's release was so one-sided, but politics, as you can see, definitely played a role. In what way does it benefit America to release the man known as the Merchant of Death, a man responsible for weaponizing vicious killers in Africa, South America, and parts of Asia for a basketball player who has openly declared her hatred for America, was arrogant enough to bring illegal drugs into a country with very strict anti-drug laws while leaving another American rotting in a jail there. The Biden team are weak negotiators. The White House press secretary said it was this deal or nothing, which shows me they were more interested in buying same-sex marriage votes and were willing to give up the prisoner boot because Grenier is a woman of color, she is gay, and Biden's friends in the media had poured huge amounts of coverage to spotlight her, as opposed to Marine Paul Whelan, who sits in a Russian prison, who actually broke no laws. Well, the answer is simple. Joe Biden only does what's good for the big guy. This might have been a good week for him, but it was a bad week for America. Hey, Mr. Producer, let's go to our first break. You're listening to Inside Track on KVOI, Trusted Local News and Talk. When we return, we'll start our chat with our special guest, friend of the show, Terry Schilling from American Principles Project, and our topic, the Trans-Leviathan. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. I'm proud to welcome my good friends at Tucson Iron and Metal Retail to Inside Track as an advertiser. Jamie Kipper and her staff are conservation experts. They sell round and square steel tubing, metal plate and roofing materials, as well as new and used steel, aluminum, and stainless steel to ranchers, artists, interior designers, roofers, and do-it-yourselfers, just like all of the listeners here. Tucson Iron and Metal Retail is open Monday through Fridays, 8 a.m. to 4.30 p.m., and Saturdays, 8 a.m. to noon. Tucson Iron and Steel Retail, 701 East 36th Street. Call 520-209-1576 or go to TucsonIronRetail.com. And when you do call, mention this ad and receive an additional 10% discount on their already great prices. Essential Pest Control leaves bugs belly up with science. You mean you don't use a shoe? No, we use the latest in technology and innovation to eliminate bugs, termites, weeds, and more. No spray cans and lighters? None of that. Only solutions that target insect biology, using chemistry to help protect the environment, people, and their pets. Huh. Essential Pest Control leaves bugs belly up. Call 886-3029 or visit EssentialPest.com. This is Eb Wilkinson of Wilkinson Wealth Management. Are you letting rising inflation interfere with your ammo budget? Don't do that. Let us show you how to buy the same goods and services 20 years from now as you can today. We manage money for gun owners and we can guide you to retire comfortably and remain comfortably retired. Call me, Eb Wilkinson, at 777-1911 or WilkinsonWealthMGMT.com. On an open fire. <laughs> Welcome back to Inside Track and the dulcet tones of Eb Wilkinson. Our special guest this afternoon is Terry Schilling from American Principles Project. Um, APP wants to make families the most powerful and best represented interest group in Washington, D.C., and this is increasingly important with the extreme attacks on traditional family values. Eb? Hey, Bruce and I want to remind you that we welcome your calls for our special guest, Terry Schilling. You can reach us at 520-790-2040 on the Tucson Iron and Metal Retail Live Line. Hey, Terry Schilling, welcome back to Inside Track. Thanks for having me, gentlemen. I'm always excited to join you. Hey, this is great. The 2022 elections are over, 
How did American families, as a huge faction of the voter public, fare in the elections from local to state and federal offices? That's a great question. I I would actually, and what I've been telling people is that it was a, a 50-50 night for the American family. We won in the areas of the country and, and, and for the offices where the our elected representatives were bold champions for parental rights and for the rights of the unborn to live and, and to help the economy for families like Ron DeSantis, right? Uh, he had a huge victory, went from winning by barely half a point in his previous election in 2018 to winning by almost 20 points after taking on Walt Disney, right, um, to protect parental rights. But then on the other hand, you had major losses uh, in races where it shouldn't even have been close. Look at Dr. Oz versus John Fetterman. Uh, and I would point to two uh, reasons why we lost. I don't think, I think that Dr. Oz's strategy, which is technically the establishment GOP strategy of not allowing himself to get branded by our opponents on abortion as extreme and not engaging on that and articulating our position, I think that hurt him. And it hurt Republicans across the country that refused to, to engage in the culture war. Uh, but I also think that not participating in the early vote um, hurt us as well. So it was a mixed night for the American family. But what we know is that families, married men and married women, vote in large numbers for the Republican Party. Um, even single men uh, vote largely for the Republican Party. It's the unmarried women that we need to figure out how to win over uh, because they vote for Democrats by enormous margins. With that being said, what did DeSantis do or not do that made him so successful as opposed to Dr. Oz? Well, I think there's a huge contrast there in in, in two regards. The first is uh, being bold and being willing to be candid and forthright with your voters about what you what you seek to do and the policies that you're promoting. Right. So there, you can't call Ron DeSantis um, a a weak leader who didn't articulate his vision for Florida. He was willing to take on major fights to do the right thing. He started with major fights around COVID and rejecting federal um, guidance on on shutting the state down, on, on limiting people's freedom. He fought them there. And he kept fighting for Floridians and was willing to suffer slings and arrows for them and took a chance politically. He was, he, he was willing to take risks uh, to do the right thing, and voters rewarded him for that. The other thing that I think is the big difference is actually delivering, right? I think part of why the Republican brand is so damaged is because we run on these issues, we tell voters we're going to do something, and then we don't do it. We don't deliver. So voters don't look, don't take us seriously. You, in the biggest example, the most obvious example, is Obamacare. My dad was a one-term member of Congress from Western Illinois. He would go to his constituents in 20, 2011 and 2012 and tell them, I'm trying to repeal Obamacare, but we don't have the Senate. Uh, I voted 115 times to repeal Obamacare, but we can't get it until we get the Senate. Well, in 2014, we gave Republicans the Senate. They still couldn't repeal it because Obama's president. Then we get Trump, and we have a Republican House and Senate. We still didn't get the job done. And Thanks, John McCain. We delivering. Yeah, exactly. But until we can actually start delivering for the American people, like Ron DeSantis is doing, I, I don't think they're going to take us as, as a serious party. So would you also throw in Ron DeSantis uh, doing battle against uh, Disney World for doing that as well? Absolutely. And the, the importance of what he did with Disney is not only not just that he beat them, right, that he, he, enact, he took away special government benefits from them for getting engaged in this um, and had a consequence to that, he actually got it done, right? Like, and it, and it signaled to the voters in Florida, this guy's actually willing to fight for us. He's willing to take some, some hits on the chin by the mainstream media in order to protect our rights as parents. It means a lot to see someone in, in such a high, high fashion, in such a high-profile way, that's willing to fight for you and actually take some punches for you on the chin and, and still continue fighting. I, I think it really does matter. And it's interesting because 
You've got the uh, CEO of Disney who's been ousted because of all this, because the the board of directors said, crap, our shareholders are revolting. Then they bring the prior guy back in who's essentially doing the exact same thing. And remember when the public learned J. Edgar Hoover and his partner, Clyde Tolson, dressed up in private, people kind of snickered. And even Renee Richards was sort of a brief thing. So let's talk about the following question. How and why had been a and, and and what had been a pretty significant topic like transgender become an earth shattering uh, earth shattering issue and why? Well, that was the question that we sought to answer when we began producing the transgender Leviathan report. What we wanted to do was explain and make sure that the American people, and especially our elected officials, understand what's at the heart of the transgender movement, which is essentially two things. It's a political ideology that seeks to break down humanity and continue to atomize it uh, and to, to release our bonds from all things, including our own bodies. But as well, it's just as much an industry that is delivering profits to various sectors of our economy. The reason that this, there have been men that cross-dress since the beginning of mankind, right? Men have been doing this for a long time, but it was never industrialized. It was never, uh, there were never profiteers behind it. But now you have big pharma that's making billions. You have the hospitals making billions. You have doctors making billions. You have schools you have books now. You have movies. Uh, there's a whole industry behind this transgender leviathan, and that's what it is. It's a it's a, an entire industrial complex now. Yeah. Hey, Paul, hang on just a second here. And Terry, you know, you talk about the hospitals and and the uh, big pharma making a ton of money. You know, the when one transitions, it's not just a one and done. They have to keep taking hormones, and it's a constant constant lifetime seeing the doctor correct that's exactly right and that would there so matt walsh uncovered a video that the hospital the vanderbilt university hospital posted they were doing a presentation on transgenderism and that was exactly the point that they were making the woman was talking was making the case for why they need to continue to invest in their transgender um, operations and she was saying you know, we can get $40,000 for a double mastectomy, for a gender-affirming mastectomy, and it doesn't stop there because we still make money from the aftercare, from the hospital visits, um, and from the hormone treatments. They talk, The thing is, they act like they're protecting the rights of a sexual minority. They're not. They're exploiting the sexual minority for lots and lots of money, but they're not just exploiting them. They're exploiting all of us because it's our health care premiums now that are paying for all this at the with a federal mandate essentially from health and human services related to obamacare they interpret sex in obamacare to mean and include gender identity so you can't if you provide for example if you're a health insurance company and you provide hysterectomies for cancer uh, victims you also have to provide uh, hysterectomies for gender dysphoria victims. Uh, it's a totally upside-down world, and its roots really are in the federal government. Well, hey, let's go to Paul on line two. Paul? Yeah, thank you for this program. We need, we need a lot more of them. I'm, uh, I'm getting uh, fairly old to go back to World War II period, but I would like to know why the Republican Party... <coughs> and his representatives do not have enough courage to stand up for a real platform for what the Republicans, including the ones from Maine, Utah, Alaska, stand for. What is the platform of the Republican Party? Let's hear it and vote on it. Thanks for your question, Paul. Terry, do you have a reply? Yeah, I, you know, I would actually, I, as someone that's worked with RNC members and, and helped uh, shape the platform, if you look at the Republican Party platform, yeah, there are some things we need to address and tune up, but it's a very strong platform for the most part. It's very conservative. The real problem is that the GOP consulting class has way too much influence, and they view 
the culture war as a distraction from the important issues, right? Look, look at two very uh, different issues. Look at the issue of cutting entitlements and Social Security reform. We all know that those programs do, in fact, need to be reformed. They could end up bankrupting the country if you don't do anything. That's not very popular. It is a third rail issue to touch entitlements. But Republicans had no problem talking about that before the election. I think it's because they they think it's a much more important issue to address. I think that they've also adopted a really toxic mindset that's benefited the progressives and benefited the people that don't want to engage on the culture, which is that politics is downstream of culture. That's not true, at least in America. Right. Politics is actually the only aspect of our culture that the American people get to control and decide. We don't get to control the university system. We don't get to control the mainstream media. We don't get to control Hollywood except through politics. Right. You can pass laws that that eliminate um, subsidies for uh, gender identity programs at universities. You can pass laws and change the system through politics. So if you adopt this loser mindset that, you know, politics is downstream of culture, you're going to continue losing this stuff because you don't think you can address it. Uh, so we need to really fight back against that because it's a it's a lie and it's good. It's done a lot of damage to our, our country and our party. So, Paul, uh, this is Bruce, uh, Paul and uh, Terry. I, I would uh, direct this answer also to you. I was an RNC member for 14 years and uh, in 2020, uh, because of COVID, we had a, a very, very modified convention process. And one of the things that we didn't do, that the Democrats did do, was the Democrats held their normal platform committee meetings electronically and some in person uh, with their protections and all. Republicans didn't. And I was a, I was a member of the platform committee, and I was a senior uh, uh, party official at the RNC, I went from from RNC chair and co-chair. I went to White House chief of staff. I went to the uh, platform, the the um, uh, the congressional member, and I, I'm sorry, my my memory uh, doesn't serve me well remembering his last name. But I went uh, through the platform committee chairman, who is the political leader who actually chairs that committee, and nobody would allow the Trump. Um, um, America first, which, which, uh, of course, these issues were a big part of it. Nobody would let the platform committee meet. Now, as you said, Terry, the 2016 was a was a pretty solid uh, platform, but unfortunately, none of the Trump policies, the America first policies, that were part of his legacy, made it in into the DNA of the Republican National Committee platform. And, and Paul, uh, uh, you know, we had a lot of victories, and, and, I, and as a party member, uh, a political party member, I had a part in some of them. My most disappointing thing uh, that was not accomplished was not having a Trump America First uh, imprint on our national party platform. And uh, I wish I could. I wish I, I wish we had success on that, but unfortunately we didn't. And uh, we're right up on a break. We're a little late, so um, let's go ahead and hear from some of our uh, friends uh, who support us. Uh, you're listening to Inside Track on KVOI, Trusted Local News and Talk. We'll be right back with Terry Schilling. Customers come first at Tucson Iron and Metal Surplus. What other kind of customers do you have? So our Tucson? biggest customers are actually like ranchers and yeah. people from outside of the Tucson area. They're buying a lot of square tubing. They're buying a lot of stuff for their ranch to close off fences. We'll sell anything from 10 feet to 10,000 feet to somebody that comes in because we have new steel and surplus steel from steel mills. The reason we're able to get such good pricing on some of this stuff is A, we sell scrap to the mill. so. Uh, we have a relationship there and then we can buy material what they're making bringing it back and so we save on freight and we have relationships for years with them so i think that's really our niche market we'll sell whatever you need tucson iron and metal surplus call 209-1579 stop by the yard 701 east 36th street open monday through saturday essential pest control leaves bugs belly up with science 
You mean you don't use a shoe? No, we use the latest in technology and innovation to eliminate bugs, termites, weeds, and more. No spray cans and lighters? None of that. Only solutions that target insect biology, using chemistry to help protect the environment, people, and their pets. Huh. Essential Pest Control leaves bugs belly up. Call 886-3029 or visit EssentialPest.com. This is Ed Wilkinson of Wilkinson Wealth Management reminding you that every good and excellent thing stands moment by moment on the razor's edge of danger and must be fought for, including getting out of debt, building your wealth, and protecting your God-given right. We manage money for gun owners. Let us help you retire comfortably and remain comfortably retired. Call me at 777-1911 or WilkinsonWealthMGMT.com. Welcome back to Inside Track. Uh, I love Christmas great, Chris, Bruce. great Christmas tunes, and uh, you know I don't celebrate Christmas. I'm I'm Jewish, but I oh dreidel, I dreidel, dreidel. <laughs> we made it out of clay. I love Christmas, and I love Christmas songs. And uh, whenever I'm in the car with the uh, with the series on, I'm I'm always listening. Uh, so we're talking with Terry Schilling from American Principles Project. Eb has a couple questions before we shift over to me. Eb, go ahead. Hey, uh, Terry, you also said that the best strategy. To fight the trans leviathan is to use the truth, correct? Yes, that's exactly right. So expand on that. Well, the truth is is that men and women are different, uh, that they complement each other, and that they're both very special in their own ways. And I think that we need to acknowledge that. I think that we have part of the reason why we're in this is not that we're afraid to engage on the fight or point out that the trans stuff is is odd and anti-human and harmful. It's that we're afraid to actually say that men and women are different and that they offer different things to humanity. And frankly, it's a huge problem because it's one of the best and one of the most beautiful things about humanity is our codependence on each other because we offer different things. Now, the other thing that I do want to point out is how rooted in lies the transgender movement is. Um, and they're very sneaky. They're very like Luciferian, right? A lot of people will actually argue that Lucifer is a great attorney because of how well he argues. I mean, he convinced Eve to eat the apple, the one thing that they weren't supposed to do. And he did it very winsomely. What the left does on transgenderism is very sneaky because they actually say the truth, which is that gender is a spectrum, but it doesn't cross into the other sex, right? So we, men and women, sorry, uh, men and women are totally different. Um, And um, they, there is a spectrum though of masculinity, right? There are men who are much more masculine than others. And there are women that that are much more feminine than others. But you don't have women that can actually become men. And so they, they basically use the gender as being a spectrum and being fungible to basically conflate that with sex and then take advantage. So we just have to deal with this issue in extreme candor and being willing to say the truth that men and women are different and that they can't become the opposite sex. And we'll have a lot more success uh, down the road. So, Terry, Bruce and I have some friends that are gay. Some have commented that they're just not comfortable with the trans agenda, and many don't support the hijacking of this topic. Have you heard the same thing? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's because they're at odds with each other, right? The, the, the arguments for gay rights are at, and for homosexuality and, and the basis of that are at complete odds with transgenderism. Transgenderism says that your biological sex is fungible, and in fact, you read about the, the philosophical origins of transgenderism, and they're rooted in a French sexual philosopher who was a homosexual and was trying to justify why he was homosexual. And he was so disgusted by his homosexuality, he, he viewed it as being totally disordered. And what he came to the conclusion of is his soul must have been put in the wrong body that he, he must have been born in the wrong body. He must have actually been a woman 
because of his desires for men. It didn't make any sense. And that's a very important thing to acknowledge here, because there is there is no uniting between homosexuality and transgenderism. They are diametrically opposed to each other. Um, and, and in fact, what you're already seeing is the transgender movement is eliminating gay men and lesbians. Because what's happening is the lesbians who would normally just be masculine women who are who have relationships with women, they end up becoming men or, you know, going through the the surgeries uh, to try and attempt to become men. Um, It's totally destructive. So you have people that are just completely out there. And then you have others like uh, uh, Caitlin Bruce Jenner that have gone through the surgery, decided that they're going to portray themselves as a woman, who are absolutely against uh, Big Pharma and these doctors doing this to underage kids, and yet Big Pharma and these doctors do that. So how do you, how do you uh, juxtapose, isn't the right word, you know, how do you uh, address that topic where you've got some people that are trans that say, hey, this isn't a life to choose. Don't do this to the kids. Well, look, the the, the whole reason why uh, people are comfortable opposing it for children is because it's still a very uh, embedded value in our society that children should not be sexualized, that children are not capable of consenting to any type of sexual activity, including and especially sex changes, right? And so it's an easy thing to attack. But again, there's some cognitive dissonance there um, because at what, the heart what, what do you of mean it, by that? Well, the heart of the whole transgender movement is that this is fungible and that these surgeries don't cause harm, that these surgeries are life-affirming. So it's, it's one thing for these people to say that it was important for me as an adult to do this, but they're still living a, a lie, and they're still being exploited. They're still victims. So they're, they're, it, there's cognitive dissonance in that they're saying that this is harmful for children. Well, if it's harmful for children, then it's probably harmful for you, too. Um, and you can say maybe it helps your mental health, but there's actually no research that suggests that. But I, look, we'll take all the allies we can get right now. Because ultimately, the whole point of us taking on the children's aspect of this of this fight is so that we can end the whole industry. It's not just about protecting kids. We want to protect adults from it, too. They're being manipulated and coerced and exploited for this, and no one should be. But children are the easiest targets to, to, to protect, and you can build from there. We have a caller, Charles, on the line. Charles, go ahead. Your question or comment for Terry. Assertion. You make an interesting assertion, Terry, that the uh, the statement that the Breitbart statement that politics is downstream from culture is not true. The reason that the statement is made is that what he's talking about, and Lincoln addressed this, where he talked about what the majority of the people want is the direction in which we will go. And if you, what that statement actually boils down to is, if you can get enough people convinced of a thing, you can move in that direction. And that's really what politics is downstream from culture means. Please defend your statement that it's not true. No, absolutely. So I I understand that aspect. Um, But the problem is, is that politics isn't being used in that regard. And all too often what we do is we allow our opponents to actually set the terms for us. So while Breitbart meant that, and I don't disagree with what he was actually saying, What's happening now is the left and the pe- the left wing within the Republican Party use that to say to justify not addressing sex changes for kids. They'll, they'll not not uh, supporting a late term abortion man. What they what it really is is it, it's an excuse for Republicans to hide from that fight. Well, we just got to we got to make the right arguments. We got to win over the American people. We already have the American people opposing sex changes for minors. We already have the American people supporting late-term abortion bans. They're using so, so that argument to punt. If I may, Terry. So you're not saying it isn't true. You're saying we're we're being we're allowing it to be used against us as a wedge. Exactly. No, look, politics okay. Requires the okay, American that's, that's people. A clarification. That's what I was seeking. Thank you. Yep. Okay. Hey, uh, Terry, 
Just yesterday, an article came out, uh, detransitioning woman left heartbroken after irreversible surgery. She says, I was manipulated. And you've got companies like American Girl standing by their gender books for minors amid this backlash. And so this 24-year-old Prisha Mosley underwent a double mastectomy at 18 years old. And uh, she's speaking out now about her struggles. And, And she says, I was manipulated not only by my trans peers, but my gender specialist, the person who gave me a letter of recommendation in surgery, and it was all sold as a wonderful thing, she said. And, you know, she's coming out against this. She's trying to detransition back into a male, and, you know, basically, she's ruined for life because of this manipulation that you were talking about earlier. Please address that. Well, these detransitioners are going to be what ends up destroying and ultimately ending the transgender leviathan Mm -hmm. and the industry that's been built around it. Because when they start suing, they will start bankrupting these people. There will be severe financial penalties to the point where the liability insurance for the people doing this at hospitals and and, in the clinics will go so high that they won't be able to afford it. And so they'll have to drop the practice practice entirely. Um, I think, though, um, that uh, ultimately, though, that these detransitioners' stories are so powerful, and they point out a real divert or a real um, uh, they point out where the transgender mental health uh, treatments go way in a different direction than any other mental health treatments, which is affirmation first. So, and there's no questioning, right? So if if I go to a psychologist and I tell them about how I have anxiety or I have attention deficit disorder or any other type of depression or mental illness, they question that before just giving you medication. They will actually test your blood. They'll they'll make you go through several cycles of counseling. With the transgender situation, they actually will say that questioning their, their gender identity and their assertions that they're that they're a different gender causes them to be suicidal, causes them to have thoughts of self-harm, and that 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 questioning itself is the harm. And that is going to cause them serious problems with malpractice lawsuits because they're they're diverting so badly from what all the other standard medical practices are in this realm. Yeah, absolutely tragic. Let's get back specifically to to the study piece, uh, the trans leviathan. Talk about patient zero. Patient zero is one of the most tragic stories you could possibly read. Essentially, in the 1970s, there were twin boys. Um, One of the boys had a botched circumcision that ended up destroying his genitalia. The the parents of these two boys uh, were seeking remedies for this, and this is when transgenderism as an ideology really was starting to take root. Um, in the medical field is really starting to begin. And there was a doctor named Dr. John Money um, at Johns Hopkins who was the inventor of this. And he was promoting this in in medical um, uh, publications and and the New York Times even. And he approached these parents after reading the story and pitched them and, and said, you know, gender really is just a social construct. You can raise this young boy actually as a girl and it'll, it'll be fine. So this guy did, Dr. John Money ended up convincing them to do this rudimentary reconstruction of that little boy's genitals, turning it into a, a Frankenstein uh, 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 vagina. And it's absolutely tragic. He went, he made the two boys go through psychiatric counseling with him, made them perform sex acts on each other to kind of, in, in his thinking was to embed that the boy was actually a girl by having them do sexually things and receive the sexual, uh, it's, it's absolutely disgusting. It ends in absolute terror and horror with both of the, of the twins committing suicide uh, before they turn 40. Uh, the non-transgender brother uh, committed suicide first uh, with a shotgun to the head, and the other one overdosed on antidepressant uh, medication on purpose. And so it's, it's absolutely, we wanted to tell that story because too few people know about it, especially our elected officials. And it really gets to the heart of, uh, the central argument for transgenderism, which is that it saves lives. It does not save lives. It destroys lives, and it leads to more death and despair, um, and, it, and it, it just tears a hole in everything that they argue. 
uh, I would ask that all of our listeners here on the show today, because we're getting a lot of calls, go to American Principles Project, uh, the Transgender Leviathan. You're going to see it there. You need to read it. I want to read specifically about Patient Zero, just a a real quick uh, recite. Money introduced them at the age of six to play at thrusting movement and copulation. With Brenda on all fours on his office sofa, money would make Brian come up behind on his knees and place his crotch up against Brenda's buttocks. He would also have Brenda lay down, legs spread, and and instruct Brian to lie on top. On at least one occasion, Money took a Polaroid photograph of them while they were engaged in this type of therapy. This oh is God. this is the the extremeness of, of what's going on. And and Eb has a question regarding suicide. Uh, you you pointed it out with with the patient zero example, but um, yeah, this isn't this isn't uh, unusual. Talk about the spike in teen suicides regarding this. Exactly. So the, 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 the transgender lobby tries to argue that these surgeries and treatments and, and psychiatric care actually decrease self-harm and suicidality. If that's the case, then why has the suicide rate uh, among teenagers and, and underage people, why, across the board, it's not just teenagers, it's everyone, why has the suicide rate been increasing ever since this, this uh, ideology has really taken a hold in our American society? It's increasing exponentially. Deaths of despair through the roof. There, there are almost as many people, there are 45,000 deaths of despair every single year. And these are suicides. These are overdoses. These were more miserable than ever. And, and the thing that bothers me about this entire transgender movement is that they argue that the reason there's been an explosion in transgender youth is because there's more acceptance in our society for transgenderism. But then at the same, on the other hand, they argue that transgender people are killing themselves at rates that we've never seen before. So which is it? Are, are they being oppressed uh, by society or are we tolerating it more? I would argue that it's a little bit of both. I think that because society is tolerating it more and allowing it to have, happen more, that's why they're killing themselves because they're taking these medical uh, treatments and they're doing these hormone treatments and all of this and they're not happy. And then once they go through the surgeries, they realize that they just permanently destroyed their body and they'll never be able to have children. You imagine the type of despair and depression you would enter into when you realize that you aren't actually a woman after being after transitioning and, and, and chopping off your genitals and mutilating your body. Imagine that. You're never you once you realize that you're never actually gonna be able to carry a baby inside your body, that you're not actually a woman, that's gotta be pretty pretty depressing and full of despair and and self-hatred. I mean, it's it's absolutely horrific. Even after the Democratic Party says men can get pregnant and have periods. Hey, we're talking to Terry Schilling about the transgender Leviathan. Let's turn the focus now to the impact of big medicine on the trans movement in America. Does big medicine, big business care more about the dollars than they do about the health care of the public? I think that that's been true for a long time. I think that's the nature of a of a corporation is to care more about the profits um, than they do about uh, the products that they're that they're providing. I mean, we we have a corruption in, in in all corporations, almost all corporations today, where they put the profits over what the products and and their 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 impact is on our society. You look at um, the company Avvi, which is a division of Abbott Laboratories. They produce a drug called Lupron. Lupron is a prostate uh, cancer drug, uh, and it's also been used historically for chemical castration. This is a drug that they use also to block puberty in young children and allow them to gender transition. Um, they, AbbVie makes, uh, I think in 2019, and this is in the report, I believe they made $726 million off of that drug alone. Mm. Um, and, you know, even outside of the transgender issue, big pharmaceutical companies have been exploiting people grossly and profiting off of them. I mean, we had the opioid epidemic. We also have problems that aren't being addressed right now. Like there's a large amount of Americans and, and, and especially women who are on all types of antipsychotic medication, anti-anxiety medication, anti-depression medication. But guess what? All of those problems are getting worse. Why is that? The medicine's supposed to help that. It's because we're not addressing the root cause of these problems. We're just putting a bandaid over them. And big pharma has no interest um, in, in fixing this. In fact, they take their profits and then they reinvest them into lobbying. 
and getting more special deals from the federal government, getting more legal protections for the industry, eliminating their liability on these things. Um, there's a lot that we need to do, and I think that the Republican Party would benefit greatly from figuring out how to properly regulate and rein in big pharma because they're taking way too much of an advantage over us. Hey, Terry, we've got about three minutes and 18 seconds left. What, in, in, in the remaining time, what one thing do you really want to get out about this topic? If I could wave a magic wand and, and choose one thing that would fix a lot of America's problems, uh, not just pertaining to the transgender issue... I would, I would wave my wand and have every Republican candidate for, for public office embrace these issues and actually fight on them in a meaningful way. I would make every Republican um, that's running for public office to fight this issue the same way that people like Ron DeSantis are fighting it, the same way people like Marjorie Taylor Greene are fighting it and talking about it in terms of morality, in terms of protecting people, and not shying away from it, digging into the culture war, fighting the culture war, and recognizing the culture war for not just the important fight that it is for fixing this country, but for the political opportunity that it presents to us to make our opponents pay a price for all of the damage that they're doing to this country. That's what I would do and change if I had a magic wand and can just do one thing. I would wish for a Republican Party that would take the culture war seriously, deliver on it, and campaign heavily on it, and extract a political price from their very evil and harmful political opponents that are doing so much destruction in this country. Yeah, the, the Democrat Party is involved in a culture war. So so how do our listeners, Terry, find out more about this issue, uh, the transgender Leviathan, and how family values are being represented by American Principles Project? How do they find out more? Um, you can visit us at our website, AmericanPrinciplesProject.org, or... You can follow me on social media. I'm on everything from Getter to True Social, Instagram, Twitter, at Schilling1776, S-C-H-I-L-L-I-N-G, 1776. Terry, thanks very much. Your group and yourself, you're doing great work. Keep talking about it. Keep fighting the battles. And hopefully our uh, conservative friends will start doing the same. That's going to do it for us today. Eb and I want to thank Terry for joining us. Go back shopping online for Christmas gifts or watching the Army-Navy football game. Go Navy. Our principal guest next week will be Dr. Marion Tupi on why the world needs more people, not less. Be sure to check out my Facebook and Twitter accounts for the latest news you should know about and my views on the news on topics you can you should care about also. All of our Inside Track episodes are available on Apple Podcasts and at the KVOI website. Um, until next week for Inside Track, this is Bruce Ash And Eb Wilkinson. Wishing you all a very pleasant good afternoon. Please think about what you've heard here today on the show. Uh, this is this is a huge issue. There, there, there is such such contagion within society uh, about this particular topic, and it's something that we all need to recognize and understand uh, is going to help our population. So um, until next week, uh, we wish you a very pleasant good afternoon. We'll see you again in 167 hours.